Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is our first official radio program. I'm Sue Meyer, and you've already heard my introduction and my cute little commercial that explains, you know, what we're going to be teaching in this in this class. And so I guess the best place to start is to tell you more about homeopathy because a lot of people are tuning in to this show for the first time, and this is actually the first time they've ever even heard of homeopathy. I remember back when I first heard of homeopathy, a, a wonderful man who I'd met through my homeschool group, I didn't know he was a homeopath as well, handed me, he, I, I, was, I was ill, and I actually was my eighth child, and I was having trouble with recurring mastitis at the time. Anyway, he handed me this remedy, this little blue container, and he said, here, Sue, try this. And he says, I know you've been having problems. He said, try this remedy. And I said, what is it? He said, it's homeopathic. And I said, what's that mean? And he says, well, it's just a different kind of medicine. And I says, oh, how do I take it? And then he showed me how to take the cap off and well, to succuss it, meaning take it in one hand and pound it firmly, but gently on the other hand, and then to take the cap off and tap it into the cap and dump it in my mouth. I said, oh, you're joking me, right? What is it? It's not candy. He said, just, he said, just do it. He said, let's see if it helps. Anyway, so it was an amazing remedy he had given me, and I was a firm believer in homeopathy from that point on because for the first time in almost eight months, I wasn't having to go on an antibiotic for this problem that was recurring every eight weeks. So that's how I was first introduced to homeopathy. And unless someone has done something like that for you, most people don't know what it is. They're not going to go to the store and say to the natural health person behind the counter, hey, do you have one of those homeopathic remedies for me? I, ha-, you know, That's not how it starts. It's people helping people. And that's how I got into this was my firm belief that unless someone is out there spreading the word, telling people, hey, there is is another way. There's a natural alternative that will heal you, help your body to heal itself quicker and more efficiently. So that's what homeopathy is. It's actually, it's been here in essence since the time of Aristotle and Hippocrates. They had taught at that time, nearly 5,000 years ago, that like cures like. So it's a well-known method that is has been out there for a very long time. Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, he was the first doctor that started homeopathy. Homeopathy is a valid form of natural healing, which has been used to heal patients for over 200 years. Worldwide, in other words, outside the United States. It is one of the most popular forms of healing. There are clinical studies that are impressive to even the most skeptical people. Homeopathy is unique in the sense that it does not treat the disease. What it's doing is it's treating the symptoms of disease. 
In that way, it treats the entire patient, mind, body, symptoms. It's treating the patient who has the disease. So when someone has an illness or a a disease, that person will have what we call physical or mental complaints. These are the symptoms. So we in homeopathy listen to the patient. We observe his symptoms. And then through those symptoms and his complaints, so to speak, we choose a remedy that is the most similar to what he is describing or to what we can observe. Sometimes you'll have a patient that can't talk, like infancy, or even the elderly will sometimes be confused, animals, and even people in between who are too stubborn to tell you how they feel, or what their symptoms are, or the sensation of their symptoms. So we can observe them. And actually, once you start using homeopathy, you'll, you'll know what I mean, because you will become extremely observant in your life. Anyway, homeopathy is the, is the system of treatment where like cures like or the similum. So through the symptoms of the disease, we treat with the most like remedy. And as you're learning more about homeopathy, and as we go through these radio shows, or if you're lucky enough to have my book, (laughs) my book, by the way, is called Homeopathy for Mommies. And so therefore, we've, we've named the show after that. But I had a a publisher suggests to me that we, we try to make my book more broad spectrum. I said, I can't. This is my audience. This is all I know. I'm only, I can only teach what I know. And so this is what I'm doing. I'm teaching to mommies or to people who are caregivers of others. That I can do too. <laughs> so, but mommies is my language. I, you know, you raise 11 children. I'm actually still raising my children. I have grandchildren. And so... This is who I speak to because, like I say, it's what I know. So in homeopathy, Dr. Samuel Hahnemann can be quoted as saying, homeopathy is a natural pharmaceutical science that uses very small diluted doses from plants, minerals, and animals to activate the body's own healing process, which allows the body to heal naturally. The first law of homeopathy is that like cures like, or the law of similars. So knowing this, you don't have to be afraid that when you take homeopathic medicine that it is going to hurt you or that it is going to, you know, mess up something in your life. Because I've had people say, well, I don't want to take that. I don't want to be a different person. You're not going to be a different person. You are who you are. You've been that way since God created you long before you were even born. And so you're not going to be different. But if you do take a homeopathic remedy and to heal uh, something that's out of balance in your body or an illness or an injury, all that's going to do is your body reads the remedy and then you start getting better. If you have access to homeopathic remedies, your family can become healthier and heal quicker from influenzas that are in town or other diseases that they've been exposed to. They can, learn, they can heal very quickly and you can have a healthier, more vibrant family. Some of the main things we need to talk about in homeopathy is, and a friend of, dear friend of mine said, Sue, remember, people don't know anything about homeopathy. They don't know how to use it. They don't know what it is. So you need to be telling them. And I said, okay, <laughs> I'll try. Like I said, I, I do have, I have put together a few, an audio class that kind of corresponds with my book. And it 
for people who don't have time to sit and read, but that they want to know more about homeopathy, I did put together this this audio program. But I'm also going to try and teach on my weekly classes how homeopathy works, what it can do for you and your family, and what to do and what not to do when you're ill. Because I address only the acute symptoms or the the acute illness. And by that, I mean things that come on quickly, such as illness or injury. And I, I leave the chronic to the professionals. I actually do know a lot about the chronic treatments, but it's too big and too huge for this realm of radio talks. What I want to do is explain and teach mothers and fathers and caregivers how to use homeopathy for their own world, for their own children, their own friends and family. Real quick, I think probably according to my friend who says the people that don't know about homeopathy need to know, first off, is the don'ts, what not to do when you're using homeopathic remedies. Never, ever open your homeopathic remedies up in the presence of strong odor because when you do that, you can cancel the remedy because all that remedy is is it's the essence the energy of the particular element that it was made from. And they've used the, the sugar pellets to capture that. And that's why when we succuss it, it just reactivates that energy within that bottle. And by succussion, like I said, we tap it very firmly on our hand and then open the cap, whether it's a twist cap that the um, boron makes some little plastic tubes that you just hold it upside down, you twist the cap and one pellet will drop out. That's sufficient for a dose. A dose in homeopathy is one to three pellets. So anyway, as soon as one pellet drops out, that's sufficient. You take the cap off, you dump it in your mouth, put it under your tongue, and replace the cap. Those are plastic, and if someone accidentally runs those through the washing machine, you've you've lost your remedy. I like to buy mine in the glass, the brown glass bottles with the black caps, and then I firmly, you firmly put them back on when you're done. And I've actually run them through the washing machine, and they're still fine when they're when it comes out because the kids will accidentally leave their remedy in their pocket or something. And if that cap is replaced firmly, it's good to go. And there's and so then there's no oxidization through the permeable membrane of the plastic versus, you know, glass is solid. So you're not gonna it's never gonna lose its energy. So that's why I like to buy them in the glass brown bottles. So that's one of the things not to do with homeopathic remedies. And don't open them in like I said in the strong odor. Or, and so that means the kitchen, the bathroom, where you're using essential oils, things like that. Don't ever use them around those areas. Also, I suggest not to use mint toothpaste, no mint candy, no spearmint, peppermint, uh, wintergreen. A lot of people are really big into essential oils, which I use essential oils as well for everything. I use them daily, actually. But you have to avoid the camphorated oils if you're going to be using homeopathy all the time. Because the camphorated oils, which are in the spearmint, the peppermint, the aroma seeds if you're using Gary Young, the eucalyptus, tea tree, rosemary, those are the camphorated oils. You can't use those because they will cancel 90% of all the homeopathic remedies. I do have them. Because on occasion, I have used them where a client or someone preferred the essential oils over the homeopathic remedies because that was their choice. So I have these remedy, these oils, and I actually used to use them before I understood. And I wondered on occasion why a particular remedy wasn't working for, 
the situation. Once I learned that and I understood it, I was like, oh, okay. So I seal them all up nice and safe like, set them aside. I tell the kids don't even use the mint toothpaste because if they were to have an accident and they desperately needed arnica to work, it's important not to have mint in your system. I've read that there are some homeopaths believe that if you use a good true mint product, that it can actually be in your body for up to five weeks. That's a really long time. But if you're a healthy person and you know that mint is in your system, and those essential oils are wonderful properties, very nutritious, very helpful. And I tell people, you know, they'll say, what do you think is best, homeopathy or oils? And I said, I've seen miracles literally overnight with homeopathy, but the essential oils are fantastic healing properties as well. I tell people they have to decide what they want. So, you know, in our family, I believe that homeopathy saved a couple of lives. So, you know, I prefer just not to use mint toothpaste. We use baking soda or cinnamon. There's a lot of really good natural cinnamon toothpaste out there. Those types of things are what we tend to use in our family. And I'm just sharing with you so that you understand the fact that camphorated products and the camphor is a constituent within those tea tree and eucalyptus and mint and peppermint oils and products. So we just avoid those. And, you know, life is a little little more boring sometimes, but we, you know, we all have to adjust ourselves. And like I said, choose, (laughs) but it's not that hard. All right. I've already told you that I didn't always use homeopathy and how I got started by my friend, a homeopath, when he handed me, an, handed me a remedy. It was life-changing and I am still thank, so thankful to this day. I tell my story and my book about how I got started in homeopathy and how my husband and my family also became believers in homeopathy. And so these little stories are very beneficial in the sense that they help strengthen our determination to start using these homeopathic remedies. But I also want to stress, because like I said, my forte is homeopathy, but I also am a firm believer that everyone has to take their own health and their family's health into their hands. They're responsible for their health as far as they are able. They are responsible for knowing what's going into their body and their own health care. Even though this Obamacare stuff has gone through, we still have choices. We still have a lot of choices. And we we have the right to knowledge and understanding. And so we need to just keep doing this research. We need to find out about all these natural ways of taking care of ourselves and then start putting that connecting the dots. It's a very, actually, it's a really small world out there when it comes to natural health care because you're going to find that it's the greatest group of people that you can possibly encounter. I've been fortunate enough to study under many different doctors and oddly enough, they come from all walks of life, all nationalities, all faiths, but they are the kindest, most charitable group of people that, like I said, that you'll encounter. When that charity is that real and that true, they work night and day to help each other because it is a true charity. And everyone is at a different place in their world, but they all, they truly do care. And they're willing to work with you, work with each other, all for this common goal of health that people can live happily and raise their families happily. And this is what God truly wants. He wants us to be able to serve him as best we can with joy and peace. And so I have found that homeopathy and good food and good water, 
uh, that's kind of a long story. I always had access to excellent water. We just moved and we are now urbanites. Not very happy about it for a while. <laughs> Actually, I'm very, we're doing well. It, it's, it's the, it's a means to the end goal, you know, <laughs> type of thing. All of a sudden I had to buy my water and I scrambled for a, I says, honey, we can't, we can't be buying all this water. Our children need access to good water. We can't be bathing in this chlorine. We can't be doing this. You have, we have to figure something out. So it was, it was interesting, but we finally found a source that we think is very good water. I'd actually like to have it tested now that we have this new filter, but, um, it's, it's a whole house filter and we have hard water. We don't have soft water, but so far, the water seems to be fantastic, so I'm very thrilled. And if I find out that the water is as good as I think it is, I will definitely be sharing that filter with you. Okay, but water is huge. It's so important in our world, and we don't even think about it, you know, that often. And also, we need to be eating as much organic as we possibly can. And if we can't eat organic, we need to stop eating junk, okay? GMO is huge. Pesticides and... We need to avoid those as much as we can, and the only way to do that is by eating organic or naturally raised or whatever. We do as best we can. Definitely stay away from the GMO, the MSG, the high fructose corn syrup, those types of things that are totally obvious. Read the label. If it has any of those three ingredients, stay away from them because if those are present, there's a lot of other stuff. They don't have to list GMO anymore. I could go into a whole class about that, but they don't have to list it, so assume that if it's not organically raised, there's GMO there, okay? When I was raising my animals and stuff, I always like to get the transitional feeds. They're not organic, certified organic, but they aren't GMO either. So if you can find a product that says no GMO on it, but they are not certified organic, at least you know that they're not raising, it's not Roundup Ready corn, they're not altering the DNA makeup of that food. So that's really, really important, as well as the homeopathy for helping the body to quickly heal over from the illnesses. So with the use of homeopathy, there are also certain terms that we need to know. Samuel Hahnemann, who came up with the term homeopathy in the sense of potentizing these remedies, how he made them, I guess I could tell you a little bit about how they're made. All I'm going to say here, I do get into it more in my book as well as in my audio classes, but homeopathy are their remedies and each individual remedy is made from a particular element for instance belladonna is made from the plant deadly nightshade okay very that poor poor plant has a terrible reputation when someone when you tell someone you're using belladonna they'll literally it'll take their breath away because it's very deadly but when that's tinctured and made into a homeopathic remedy all they've done is dilute that down to such an extent that it's so minute or non-existent as far as the actual properties of that plant. They've only captured the energy and the sense the megahertz of that so that your body is reading the megahertz, the energy. In science, we know how everything has a megahertz reading. Everything has its own energy. And so, and it's always the same. Like true, uh, true plants or true elements always have the same megahertz. They can always be measured the same. So by capturing that and giving it to the body when the body is ill, that like treats like, the body reads it and heals itself. In the course, like when taking belladonna, 
It's known as the great virus interrupter. What happens when the body reads that megahertz as a deadly poison, it steeps up its energy to fight the symptoms that are similar to that which belladonna would produce. You're not really giving the body belladonna. All you're doing is telling the body to fight that element. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And it works so well that, like I said, it's nothing short of miraculous. And so when Hahnemann put together his potentized little remedies, he came up with a few different terms that help us to understand homeopathy better. And so I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to run through all of them that are in my book. I'm just going to explain that homeopathy, the term homeopathy is known as the treatment of disease by minute doses of natural substances that in a healthy person would produce similar symptoms. Homeopathy is a system of natural medicine developed by Samuel Hahnemann. The selection of the remedies is based on the law of similars, like like cures like. Often contrasted with allopathy, which is medicines that are in opposition to the immune response. In other words, conventional Western medicine or chemical drug medicine. So homeopathy is like cures like, and allopathy, which I refer to quite often, is the chemical drug medicines or the conventional Western medicines. So that is a term you need to know. And then another term is miasm. Now miasm in homeopathy, again, Hahnemann came up with this. He was a linguist, and so he used terms that he knew would not get changed through over the course of different languages or time. A miasm is the tendency or predisposition to a certain disease. The term is used in homeopathy to describe an underlying pattern of weakness and susceptibility. As defined by Hahnemann, miasms are the susceptible principle or diathesis, which, when taken into the organism, it can set up a tendency towards specific diseases. These diseases can be inherited, acquired, or acute. And we even talk about it, the acute here in our class. Miasms can be dormant or active. Miasms can occur as the result of a suppressive therapy like drugs or vaccinations. Hahnemann originally described them as inherited tendencies passed down from generation to generation. So that's a miasm. Some of the other things we talk about in homeopathy are modalities. A modality is a condition that makes a person or their symptoms better or worse. So like an aggravation, an immorulation, for instance, better in a hot bath or you know, certain things will make them worse, like worse for cold air. That's a modality. The things that make you feel better or worse. All right, a healing crisis. Very often we will talk about a healing crisis or aggravation in homeopathy. So an aggravation is an intensification of the symptoms that you can have experienced after a remedy is taken. For instance, if you have a child who is ill, you give that child belladonna, The fever increases. The child can even start to shake because the fever is rising so quickly. They begin to sweat. That is an aggravation from having taken belladonna. What do I do in that case? As soon as those symptoms start to subside, I give another dose. I know it's working. But the aggravation is the body steeps up its vital force to fight the illness that it's trying to fight. So that's an aggravation or an intensification of the symptoms. So... That's what we talk about in acute cures for homeopathy. The 
chronic term in homeopathy is used to describe degenerative diseases and weaknesses. These can be acquired or inherited, but they're always of long duration. And I'm going to try and refrain from talking about chronic disease in this radio show. Even in my book, I refrain from it because that is for a good homeopath. If someone has a chronic disease, go see a homeopath. He will help you. And because that has to be monitored, you want to make sure you're on the right track. So use the same types of remedies are used, but again, they're monitored very closely. All right. Um, complementary remedies. I talk about that a lot because I actually tend to use a lot of complementary remedies or give them in groupings, you know, alternating fashion. Complementary just simply means that one remedy can complement the action or complete the action of another remedy. It helps sometimes to facilitate the action of another remedy. So I do use those as well. Similem is another very important term in homeopathy. Similum is means the most similar remedy corresponding to the totality of the symptoms that the person is experiencing. So we have a person who comes in, he's got the influenza, he has a headache, he has the chills, he has body aches, he has all these different symptoms. When we look at this person, we ask, where's the headache located? Do you feel better for warmth or do you want to kick off all your covers and clothes even though you're have a fever. Look at all the symptoms and all of those symptoms put together is known as the totality of the symptoms and you look for the remedy that is most like those symptoms, the remedy that describes those symptoms. So as we go through the book we will learn more and more about that as well. Okay, I already briefly talked about succussion. Succussion is just a way of making a homeopathic remedy or to reactivate it before you open it and take a dose. It involves striking the bottle of the homeopathic medicine firmly against an object such as a thick book or your other opposite hand. You just strike it firmly and yet gently. So this releases the energy or po- that potentizes the mixture. Okay, you'd, All you're simply doing is just waking up the energy that's been trapped on those sugar pellets. There's nothing magical about it. You're just waking up that energy. Kind of like when you rub your hands together and you create friction on a dry day. That's all you're doing is just waking up the energy in the bottle. All right, I think we've probably covered enough for one day. I just hope that you understand that homeopathy, it's, it's, not a, it's not a big mystery. It's actually fun and exciting when you start learning about homeopathy, especially when you start to see it working. And so in our classes, well, as we do this, we're going to, like I say, learn more about the individual remedies. And I'm going to talk a little bit about you know some of the stories that... Uh, that I've experienced in my little life. I suppose I'll tell you the one story about Belladonna that was absolutely awe-inspiring and it made a believer out of a particular friend, my husband, okay? (laughs) Very fun, very exciting. But when I was, I think about 32 years old, I was in a hurry. I was going to work and I was putting on mascara I had little children, seven, I think at the time, and I was putting on the mascara and I was hurried. One of the kids bumped me and I poked myself in the eye with this mascara stick, okay? Ouch, it hurt. I flushed my eye out really good with water and I was sore for a couple of days. Didn't think much about it. Yes, I ended up with an eye infection a few days later. Went to the doctor. He gave me drops. 
and I got over the eye infection. Two months later, I ended up with, I was diagnosed with meningitis. It was horrible. <laughs> the first symptoms, of course, are you, you can't stand light. The sound of the children, you could hear a pin drop from the next room. You're, it was horrible. I was, and then I started throwing up. I told my husband, I'm, I'm, I'm very sick. He goes, yeah, you probably have the flu. And I says, no, babe, it's more than that. Ended up going to the doctor. He rushed me. He had me over to the hospital. He comes over. They put me on intravenous. They do a spinal tap, put me on intravenous antibiotics, all the whole gamut. I responded very quickly to the antibiotics, and I started getting better. But I was still quarantined for five days. So in other words, I was nursed. I had a 10-month-old baby. I couldn't see my baby. And I had been a nursing mother. Anyway, it was it was bad. I got better. And, you know, I went my merry way. I still suffered continuously from horrible headaches because what happens in meningitis is it inflames the meninges of the brain, the lining of the brain. And so that they say that that swelling, that the way that that inflammation affects the brain never, ever really totally goes away. And I have to believe that because I didn't go anywhere without sunglasses. And I was constantly, shh, shh, kids, please, everyone quiet quiet. Mommy can't take the noise. Anyway, a few years later, one of my eight-year-old, this is many years later, my eight-year-old came down with meningitis-like symptoms. He never complained. I mean, he did have some bronchitis when he was growing up, when he was real small. And so he had been on antibiotics for that. And I was back, I was a big antibiotic user. Okay. You go to the doctor, that's the cure for everything. Honestly, it cures everything, right? (laughs) Anyway, my son couldn't stand the light. Please, Mommy, don't open the shade. Please, Mommy, I can't move my head. I carried him to the bathroom, and I placed him back in bed. I called my homeopath. I said, what's the cure for meningitis? He said, what are you talking about? And I said, I know my son has meningitis. And he said, no, no, I'm not touching this one. And I said, tell me, what's the cure? And he said, no, you take that kid in. And I says, no, because if I do, they'll put him in quarantine and they'll put him on intravenous antibiotics. I says, and they're not going to do that to my eight-year-old. I says, what's the cure? So he told me to try. He said, well, the, that would be belladonna. So I didn't have it at the time. So I had to send for it. And my, actually, my sister had it. She come over. We gave my son a dose. And now, mind you, his fever was 101. Within 30 minutes, his fever went from 101 to 105. I Oh my goodness, I almost panicked. I he was cuz the fear was coming up so fast that he was just shivering and shaking. So I called my homeopath and I said, "This is what's going on. What do I do?" He says, "Good. It's working. Give him another dose." I said, "What?" He said, "Give him another dose." So I did and he says, "And then put pickle socks on him." And I said, "What?" He said, "Get some pickle socks on him." So he told me about that. What I, you know, take the jar of pickle juice, pour it out into a bowl, soak the white cotton socks into the pickle juice, wring them out just enough so that they're not dripping, put them on the feet, and then cover them with good wool socks. So I did, and within 15 minutes, those socks were dry. I had to re-dip them and put them back on them again. But my son fell asleep, and he woke up two hours later. I literally sat beside him to make sure he was still breathing good. He fell asleep, and when he woke up, he, he, he looks at me and says, Mommy, I can move my head. And he just started getting better. And my husband came home from work that night, and I told him, I says, oh, my goodness, you wouldn't have believed it. You know, he was he was sick, he had meningitis, and now he's better. And he said, yeah, right. I says, no, I'm not joking. You should have been here. It was, it was amazing. He says, uh-huh. Well, he never did believe me, okay? 
Two weeks later, he came home from work gray as a sheet. And I said, honey, what's going on? I knew somebody died. And he said, ah, Sue, you're not going to believe this. He says, I just found out from one of the guys at work that um, the school district where he worked had been closed for two weeks. He said it wasn't on the radio. It wasn't on the news. Nothing. He said it had been closed for two weeks due to a viral meningitis outbreak. Two boys died because the antibiotics wouldn't touch it. So he became a believer because he heard from the guys at work that this was going on. And I had told him two weeks prior that our son had this. And of course, he w- he didn't believe me. You know, I'm just, you know, a delusional woman. <laughs> I can be sometimes. I get a little carried away. But you know what? That That's okay. Because that gives a person excitement and, and a little bit of fire in life. But I am telling you that all these stories I'm going to share with you are true. And I never tell untruths. I do tend to elaborate a little bit or, you know, soup them up with a few extra adjectives. But that's okay because I tell my kids that is the the spice of life. It's It can be fun. So I'm going to leave you. This has been a really long class. I'm supposed to keep it a little shorter, but it's so much fun. I'm so excited to be here with you and to help you and your family learn more about homeopathy. Join me again for my next class and we'll learn more. All right. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.